Welcome to Anchor Point, where we believe that the next 30 minutes could change your life forever. So join us to consider the greatest message ever heard, the good news of the gospel, as well as sound scriptural teaching for believers, all based on the Word of God, the anchor for our souls. There is a truth running throughout the Bible that is both fearful and comforting at the same time. How can that be? Well, it's the truth of there being no difference between any one of us. When it comes to sin, God sees us as all the same. There is no difference, God says, for all have sinned and come short of my glory. There is no doubt about this. And as for our defense, well, there will be no discussion on the day of God's judgment. If we stand before him in our sins, we will all be declared guilty as charged. There will be nothing to say. A solemn prospect for the unprepared sinner. But how comforting to know that there is no difference with regard to God's acceptance either. If we've had our sins forgiven, that is. If any man says the word of God, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. The universal link to Adam is forever severed, for the forgiven sinner. We will be received into the family of God, where we will be equally accepted. We will each have Christ for our very own. What a wonderful truth this is. But let's return to the first fact, the fact of all having sinned. Have you faced that truth yet in your life? Do you recognize your sins before a holy God? You need to, and you need to do this ASAP. Evangelist Mr. Phil Coulson has more to say on this vital matter. Now would you turn with me please to the letter of Paul to the Romans in chapter 3. Romans chapter 3 and verse 19. Now we know that what things soever the law saith, it saith to them who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped, and all the world may become guilty before God. Therefore by the deeds of the law... There shall no flesh be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. But now, the righteousness of God, without or apart from the law, is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, unto all and upon all them that believe. For there is no difference, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We're going to pause the reading there. And I want you just to look at that little expression first of all in verse number 22 at the end of the verse. And it says, for there is no difference. Now in the context of Paul's letter, he's speaking about the relationship of the Jew and the Gentile to God. And in matters of salvation, he says there isn't any difference at all. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And it may well be that in an audience like this, there are particularly younger ones brought up in Christian homes. And you know that there are men and women across the world, and they're getting saved by the grace of God, and they are by any standards wicked people. And when wicked people get saved, and there is a dramatic conversion, and that perhaps is printed in a gospel paper, and it 
does the rounds of the various companies of God's people. And there's the realization amongst us that some people in this world are thoroughly bad. But me? You? No, you're brought up in a Christian home and apart from stealing the odd cookie or something like this, you're not really a sinner. That can be the perception. Friends, my first point tonight is very simple. Whoever you are, and I don't know you all, I'm sorry about that, but whoever you are, in the sight of an offended God, you are no different from any other sinner. Have you got that? In the sight of an offended God, your need is no greater and it's no less than that of any other sinner. If tonight you're not saved, you're not just in trouble. You're in desperate trouble. Desperate trouble. The fact that you're a sinner, it must be said, to be fair and accurate in the gospel, the fact that you're a sinner, God does not hold you responsible for. That's not your fault. That was Adam's fault. And that was really what Paul is speaking about here. All have sinned. When Adam sinned, our first father, he brought the whole race down with him. We're all sinners because of what he did. So you say, well, preacher, if that's the case, then what's God got against me? I didn't ask to be born. I didn't ask to be conceived. Uh, and if the, what the Bible says is right, that, that the very moment I was conceived, I was a sinner. Well, I can't help that. Well, God doesn't punish you for being a sinner. What a righteous God must do is punish you for your sins. We have to understand that what the Bible teaches is that what we are is different from what we do. We are sinners because Adam sinned. And that huge problem has to be dealt with. Because when he sinned, he surrendered us to what the Bible calls the kingdom of darkness. That's where the sinner belongs. That's where he is. The sinner is in the kingdom of darkness. He's under the sway. He's under the control. He's under the mastery of the devil. That's where a sinner is. And because of sin, a whole race, a whole world of men became subject to death by one man. The fifth chapter of this letter says, By one man sin entered into the world, and death as a consequence of sin. That's why people die. We're all subject to death because sin came into the world. And occasionally, and very sadly, occasionally infants die. They die because they're sinners. Not because of anything they did. Because of what Adam did. The consequence of sin is death. Physical death. That's why we're all subject to death. But the infant that dies, because it is a sinner by its nature, by its association with Adam, part of the human race, that infant will never have to give an account to God for sins, for it never committed any. Do you see that great distinction? The difference between what the child is and anything the child has done. But you see, as we grow, as we develop, we begin to understand and realize that the things that we do wrong are not just an offense against mom and dad. They're not just an offense against mom, dad, and the school teacher. As we grow up, we realize that sin is an offense against God. We don't have to be smart to understand that, for God has given every person the mechanism to understand that. 
And I'm looking around tonight and I'm speaking to people who know what it is to do things wrong and to commit sins and those sins are an offense against God. Now that's what God holds you responsible for. He holds you responsible for your sins. So you have two problems really. You're in double trouble because the sins have got to be dealt with and the fact you're a sinner has to be dealt with as well. You need to be delivered from the penalty that you rightly deserve for your offenses against God. And you also need to be delivered from sin as a master. That's a big call. And thank God the Lord Jesus Christ in his work at Calvary is sufficient for it all. So when it comes to our being sinners, there's no difference. Doesn't matter whether you're Jew, Gentile, old or young, male or female, doesn't matter anything at all, you're part of Adam's race. You're a sinner before God. And because you have that root within you, that root produces its fruit. It can only produce wrong things. It can only produce sins. And my friend tonight, those sins are what God must punish you for. There's no difference. But I want you to understand something else. Listening now. There's no doubt that God will punish your sins. There is no doubt that God will punish your sins. When Paul was preaching to the men of Athens... He spoke to them about the fact that God has appointed a day in the which he will judge the world in righteousness. It's fixed. So when men talk about a day of judgment, they're talking right. There is a day of account. There is a day when you will answer for your sins. Now the enemy of your soul, the devil, he would like to delude you. He would like you somehow to think that this is a message for everybody in the room except you. But remember, there's no difference. And remember, there's no doubt. Absolutely no doubt. You will have to answer to a righteous God for the sins that you have committed. He must punish them. God is inflexibly righteous. That There isn't an option in this. And the day's fixed. Every tick of the clock, every beat of your heart is taking you nearer and nearer a fixed appointment with God the just. You have to answer for your sins. Things you've done that you shouldn't. Things you should have done that you haven't. Oh, the catalog is vast and God is recording meticulously in heaven. There is a register of all the wrongdoings of all the people. My friend, your register is there. Oh, that the reality of this would be impressed upon hearts tonight. A day of accountability, a day of judgment, a day of reckoning. Listen, there's no doubt. And see when that day comes, there'll be no discussion. No discussion. All we hear from men and women from time to time, and they say, well, I'll take my chance on this. And as far as I'm concerned, I've lived a pretty good life, and uh, I've never knowingly hurt anybody, and I haven't thieved, and I haven't this, and I haven't that. Uh, and the day will come, I'll stand before God. And I'll explain to him that, in all honesty, I did the best I could. But my dear friend, tonight, there won't be any discussion. No discussion. Whoever you are tonight, brought up in a Christian home, dear man or woman from the community, perhaps you haven't heard this message much before, if at all. Will you listen tonight about the day that you must come to give account to an offended God? for your sins. There's no difference. All have sinned. 
There's no doubt that it's going to happen. And there's no discussion. You won't have a cause to plead. You won't have a case to make. The only case is overwhelmingly a case for the prosecution. There is no defense. And solemnly the word of God records in Revelation chapter 20, that occasion, that day that God has fixed, we're nearer to it now than when I first mentioned it. That clock's been ticking. Your heart's been beating. You're nearer to the day of reckoning with your God than you were when this meeting began. The scene is described where that blessed man who knew what it was to be troubled in body, soul, and spirit, who could say so tenderly, let not your heart be troubled. Ah, it's the same man will sit upon that throne of judgment, for God has committed all judgment into his hands. But his appearance on that day is dreadful. The Bible says that from his face the very earth and the heaven flee away. The face of a terrible judge. No discussion. No presenting your case. There is only a sentence to be passed. And that sentence cannot be deferred. It can't be put off. It's not like the system we have back in my country where somebody does something dreadfully wrong and the legal system says, well, we'll defer sentence. Maybe he killed his granny because his mum used to sit him on a cold pot, you know, and this kind of thing. None of that. None of that. You stand before the judge of all. Would you tonight for a moment pause to realize the reality of what we're preaching? This is more certain than you getting out of your bed and having your breakfast tomorrow morning. It is more certain than that, that you will stand before the great white throne with Christ as your judge. The man who died to save you. The man who suffered in agony and shame. The man who gave his life so that you might be saved and you've rejected him. There isn't any defense. The sentence is desperate. The sentence is desperate. It's everlasting punishment. Everlasting punishment. That's why there must be no delay. Listen now. Never mind how the devil is trying to delude you. He might be telling you there's no danger. There is. You're in danger this very moment, whoever you are, of passing from time into eternity lost. There's no coming back. There's only judgment. And so there must be no delay in getting this whole matter put right. This question of my sins, the things that I have done wrong, the things which attract the judgment of an offended God, and the only way you'll have those sins dealt with is when you come clean before God. It's when you look to God and cry unto him for his mercy and acknowledge that you are a sinner, not just what you are, but what you've done. I am a sinner and I have committed sins and I deserve punishment. And then God would direct our gaze to the wonderful provision he's made for the salvation of sinners. And that wonderful provision was sending his own son into the world to be the savior of sinners. Christ Jesus came into the world, thank God, to save sinners. That means he came into the world to save you because you're a sinner. And the way in which the wonderful purpose of God in the salvation of sinners was worked out was that the Lord Jesus would go to Calvary as a representative man and God would deal with him so he was dealing with us. 
And the Lord Jesus suffered with an intensity, with a depth and a weight of sorrow and agony that is beyond the capacity of any preacher to describe. He was willing to do that for your soul to be saved. The hymn writer had it right when he said, there was no other good enough to pay the price of sin. He only could unlock the gate of heaven and let us in. Christ has once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, so that he might bring us to God. My dear friend tonight, there's only one way you can be saved from the penalty of your sins, delivered from the power of sin as a master, and that is by a personal faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, repentance toward God, and faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. Repentance toward God means I turn about to face God and acknowledge that he's right and I'm wrong. I do deserve that punishment. And in repentance, I turn to God as a needy and a guilty sinner. I confess my need and I look to Christ and to Christ alone as the only Savior of sinners. And personal faith in the Lord Jesus Christ is the only way you'll ever be free from that trouble of your sins. The wonderful thing is, as Paul goes on to teach in this letter to the Romans, that the moment a guilty sinner repents and by faith appropriates to themselves all the value of who Christ is and what he has done at Calvary, the moment that great transaction takes place, the guilt of the repentant sinner is seen by God as having been born by his beloved son. And not only that, but that guilty sinner now repentant is seen by God as having died with Christ. All happens at one and the same time. I knew nothing of this when I trusted Christ as my Savior. I knew this. I was troubled by my sins. I was troubled at the thought of a penalty I had to pay. I was troubled at the thought of eternal judgment. And I cried to God in repentance and I put my faith and trust in Christ. And it was years later that I learned that in the sight of God, not only had Christ died for me, but I died with Christ. The one delivered me from the penalty of my sins, and the other delivered me from the power of sin as a master. And I was set free and liberated, made a new creature in Christ. I speak reverently, I speak carefully, but man as he is in Adam is so flawed there's nothing that God can do to fix him. The only one thing God can do with the man after Adam, man in Adam, that's to put him to death. And that's why Paul writes to the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians 5, and he says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. If my natural birth linked me to Adam and everything that he did, then when I was born again, that linked me to everything that Christ did. And the very moment that I was born again, by faith, and I was linked eternally with Christ, my link with Adam was severed because I died with Christ. This is the enormity of what it means to be saved. It's not a message that says, give Jesus your heart. It's not a message that says, come to Jesus. He needs nothing from you. He wants nothing from you. He'll take nothing from you. 
It is all of grace. And it is all of Christ. And the sinner accepts it by faith. Repentance toward God. Faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. And that's how wonderfully any soul is saved. Don't let the devil deceive you. Don't let him have you think that somehow, that somehow your need is less than that of anybody else. There's no difference. Don't let the devil lull you into thinking that those sins will never have to be accounted for. It's no doubt. There really is absolutely no doubt. Divine judgment, the great white throne, more certain for the unrepentant sinner than getting up tomorrow morning. No difference. No doubt. No discussion. Guilty. Every mouth stopped. No defense. Oh, my friend tonight, in God's name I beseech you, make no delay. Put matters right tonight. Repent. Acknowledge your guilt. Confess to God you are that guilty sinner for whom Christ died. And in simple faith, lean your whole weight for eternity upon Christ, the only Savior of sinners. He's never turned a sinner away yet, you know. And he'll not turn you away either. Wouldn't it be wonderful, in the goodness of God, if tonight that burden of sins troubling you, niggling at you, all the time coming back, tormenting you, wouldn't it be wonderful if tonight that burden of sins was gone, gone forever, swallowed up in the great victory of Christ at Calvary. There's no other way to be saved, and you know that. And if you go into eternity not saved, you go into eternity lost. No delay. Tonight, now, put the matter right with God. Repent and believe the gospel. That's right. There is no difference. We all need to be saved. There is no doubt. There will be no discussion. There will be no defense. So then, let there be no delay. Accept God's verdict on mankind, on you personally, that we are all guilty and deserve judgment, and turn to God's great remedy in His Son, Jesus Christ. Yes, Christ died for all, and for all who will receive Him, He gives forgiveness and eternal life. We hope the wonderful gospel message has been made clear for you today. Trust Christ. He's no respecter of persons. He will save you even as he has promised. If this or any of our Bible messages here at Anchor Point has made you aware of God's interest in you, or if you'd like some literature or a visit that would help you to understand these important truths, why don't you drop us a line at email at anchorpointradio.com. We'd love to hear from you. We're glad that you were able to join us at Anchor Point today. Anchor Point is sponsored by believers in Christ who are meeting at various gospel halls. Each of these Christian assemblies holds gospel services every Sunday as well as other meetings such as regular prayer and Bible studies throughout the week. No collection is ever taken and a very warm welcome awaits you. If you've been challenged by today's message and would like to know more about the truth of the gospel, or of gathering under the name of our Lord Jesus Christ following New Testament principles, take a look at our website at anchorpointradio.com. 
There you will find more information as well as the location, programs, and meeting schedules for the gathering center nearest you. My name is John Sharp, and thank you once again for listening. And we invite you to join us again next week at the same time for Anchor Point, where we believe that Christ alone is the anchor for the soul. Mm-hmm.